0: volume is your friend in terms of muscle growth, it just you don't want too much.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Fit Smart podcast. My name is JC Dean. I'm sitting here with my good friend and co-host, Roger Lawson. Today, Raj and I are going to discuss the 101 of muscle gain. What it takes, how much food you need to eat, rates of progress. Everything you need to know to get started.
0: Yes. So, the the thing that, uh, you know, if you're trying to lose fat, this is not the podcast for you. We, we just talked about that when in a recent episode. So make sure you look back into the archives and download that if you're trying to lose fat. But if you're trying to get swole as shit, this episode is for you. So, in terms of um, gaining muscle, the first thing we need to do is determine maintenance calories because if we don't have any data in terms of where, what, level of intake we need to stay where we're at we won't have any it'll just be a giant guess in terms of how much we need to eat in order to to actually grow at a rate that's not just complete uh, a complete mess because one of the things i find when people try to gain a lot of muscle is they just eat whatever they want and they don't really track it they think they they see gaining muscle as a way to to ease up in terms of nutrition, ease up on the nutrition side of things and just eat whatever they want. And then it turns out they gained a lot more fat than muscle, and then they have to chip away at that fat, and then in the process they lose what little muscle they didn't gain. So they kind of end up worse for it. They've... they've <laughs> they've kind of ended up in the same spot they started in maybe a little bit more tired because, or defeated because it didn't go their way. So the first thing I recommend for people is to find their maintenance calories. And just to start off as a place to, to go from, I recommend 14 to 15 calories per pound of body weight. And just do that for two weeks and see where you end up. If your weight's pretty much the same, then that, you mean, that means you found the maintenance calories that work for you. And from there, we can start to increase the calories slowly over time to, to make sure that you're gaining muscle but not gaining too much fat along with it.
1: What we tend to recommend is when it comes to creating a surplus, uh, one thing Roger mentioned earlier is people tend to just feel like they just eat everything in sight. And that can be really detrimental because if you go on like, so let's say your maintenance calories are something like 2,500, 3,000 you know, let's say it's 3,000, and then you decide to eat 5,000 calories a day. Well, that can be really fun uh, for a period of time, especially if you have a huge appetite. But if you're eating 1,500, 2,000 calories over your maintenance intake every single day, a certain portion of that is going to go towards the rebuilding uh, of the muscle tissue and helping you recover. But a lot of that excess is, is going to go elsewhere. And unfortunately, I would say a majority of it is probably going to go to fat stores because if you consistently overeat and you can't you can't utilize all that excess food, then you're just going to store it as body fat. And over time, if you do that consistently, you can go from a skinny or a fairly athletic-looking physique to a pretty chubby physique, and losing body fat... While it can be a simpler process than building muscle, it's hardly ever fun. And fat loss is one of those things that you don't want to spend all of your time doing because it's catabolic by nature, right? The first thing I think to think about when it comes to setting a surplus is... This is going to depend on where you're at as far as your training age. So if you are brand new to training and you've never trained a day in your life or you've been in the gym for like two or three months and you're just trying to get swole, then you can afford to eat a little bit more. And I think for most people that are beginners or that are just really getting into weight training, I think the important thing to pay attention to is gaining anywhere from like a pound A week. I wouldn't say gain much more than that, but eat enough to to consistently make body weight gains. Because if you're brand new to this and if you're a relatively skinny person, your ability to gain muscle quickly is way better than if you already have gained 30 or 40 pounds of muscle and you're trying to gain that last 5 or 10 pounds. Uh, That's going to be a lot harder than it is in the beginning. And that's just due to your body's ability to synthesize new muscle tissue and be at a heavier weight. For people that are just beginning, starting out, I think a daily caloric surplus of anywhere from 400 to 500 calories is going to be max. I wouldn't do any more than that. If you are skinny fat or you're relatively overweight and you still want to build muscle but you don't want to get super fat in the process, then 400 or 500 calories over maintenance just on your days that you train. So if you train three or four days per week... Have that surplus on those days and then on your days off, just have uh, maintenance calories. And then if you're a more advanced trainee and you've been training for, say, two or three years and you've already built 15 to 20 pounds of muscle over that period of time, then you really have to pay attention to your surplus and really need to think a little bit more about uh, how you're getting that surplus. So I think anywhere from like 200 to 300 per day over your maintenance intake when you're building muscle after you've uh, had some experience is a good starting point. I think for most people that want to remain relatively lean while building muscle should be very careful about how much of a surplus they're in. And one way I really like to kind of mitigate that is just doing a surplus on the training days. So if I have a, a trainee that's been training three or four years and there are Trying to put on some more muscle, I'll give them two or three hundred calorie surplus on their training days, and then I'll keep them in maintenance on on the days that they're not training. And that's all, you know, speculative at this point. What it really comes down to is what results are you getting, and then adjusting as you go. Uh, to briefly cover the macro view, it's very similar to what we would do for fat loss in terms of a starting point, and then you just kind of adjust as you go. So what we recommend typically is about 0.8 to one gram per pound of body weight. Since you are in a caloric surplus at this point, you can probably go on the lower end of that just because you have uh, more energy to work with. So you could do 0.8 times body weight. There are some bodybuilders that believe you should be eating way more protein while you're in a a bulking phase, but it just really kind of depends on how much you can afford to eat. So if you have a high expenditure and you're eating a lot of food, then you might be able to eat a little bit more protein because you could get a lot more carbohydrates than fat in the process. But if you're relatively sedentary and you're still eating a surplus, I would rather see more of those calories coming from carbs and fat than try and just overload on protein. Start with your protein at that level. And then for fat, I think anywhere from 0.4 to 0.5 grams per pound of body weight is a good starting point. Uh, Alternatively, you can do 20% of your total calories as a way of setting that up. So whatever your daily calories are that you've set for yourself, 20% of that is gonna come from fat, and then you can do the rest of carbohydrates. I just wanna say one thing really quickly on carbohydrates here. I think carbohydrates are really important for muscle gain. Because if you think about the nature of training, it's a super high-intensity activity, and you want the most energy possible to give the most intensity in your sessions. Because muscle gain is mostly about getting enough volume over time and also going closer to failure on your lifts. It's not necessarily about the load only. And it's not necessarily about the volume only. It's a mix of those. But if you are just training for strength, let's say you're doing super heavy sets of like three to five reps. But if the volume is not growing over time and you're not adding more sets and more reps over time, you may not grow as much. And I actually wrote about this in an article. I'll leave it in the show notes. But load is really important, obviously, because the load helps put tension on the muscles. But the volume is also important as well. And you need to do enough volume and get an adequate amount of volume to... Cause the growth response to happen. When you're training with high intensity, carbohydrates are gonna help give you that energy. And because carbohydrates store in your muscles as glycogen, and during high intensity activities, we use glucose for energy. We don't use body fat. So high intensity training is gonna require plenty of carbohydrates. You always want to make sure that you have plenty of carbohydrates to fuel your training. Outside of that, be mindful of the surplus that you're taking in. Make sure you're getting plenty of protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And then it's more of just a consistency game. Let's talk about some of the differences. Your strength, volume training, how you generally think about this.
0: In terms of training, the thing with, with muscle gaining is you can you have a lot more resources at your disposal in terms of recovery. So you can you, you can't go hog wild and just like completely crush your muscles and expect to recover in a way where you can train frequently enough to continue to build muscle. You don't want to spend your whole week recovering. You want to have as many training sessions as you can that you can recover from and B makes sense for your life. In order to, to grow optimally, you don't want to just be out of the gym because you completely crushed your legs, your upper body, or anything like that. So, in that in that respect, it's a bit different from fat loss because in fat loss you have limited resources, and here because you you have you have the food, ideally you're getting enough rest, you can handle a bit more training volume. So. What works for fat loss will not work for muscle gain unless you're a complete beginner. But in the case that you're not and you're trying to purposely build some muscle, you're going to want some more overall volume. So we're talking about maybe four to five sets at times, maybe not every session or every every set of every exercise, but that that's not uncommon. So let's say some sets maybe be, uh, let's say four four to five sets for about, let's say, eight to 10 reps and other, and it can even go higher than that. Maybe even the 12 to 15 range in certain, you can do fewer sets with more reps for more, let's say less compound exercise. Let's say machine work, something like a tricep push down. You can do two sets of, 15 to 20 reps, because it's, it's not as big of a demand on your, your entire body. It's just more of a single muscle group. The overall thing you want to recognize you realize here is that volume is your friend in terms of muscle growth. It just you don't want too much. So if you are coming off more of a strength-based uh, training program, I would ease into this. So let's say you're doing something similar, let's say three sets of five, three sets of six. Ease into it by trying something like three sets of eight to 10 or three sets of 10 to 12 and seeing how your body responds because there will be some soreness, but that's typical when you increase the volume.
1: And there's also going to be how your nervous system responds too because if you are used to getting under heavy loads and getting your mind right and just priming your body to lift, you know, 80 to 85% of your one rep max for a heavy load moving from that type of training to a higher volume, it's just going to be different in terms of how you recover and how you feel during actual training. Because when you're training for really heavy weights, you aren't relying so much on the energy requirements as doing higher rep sets. So you might be really good at doing 10 sets of three, but try doing three sets of 10 with 30 second rest periods. And you're going to find that you wear out really quickly. This is all just like Adaptation stuff you know you will adapt over time and you will get better over time, but be mindful of slowly upping the volume because you don't want to go from a three by five program into a ten by ten program because that's a surefire way to just burn yourself out relatively quickly and you're probably missing out on a lot of the adaptations that can happen somewhere in the middle of upping the volume over time. Another thing I think is very beneficial when it comes to increasing volume is is uh, using wave loading in a program. Wave loading is this interesting perspective of you're slowly upping the volume over time. So it can be a period of three weeks, it can be a period of six weeks. It can, it can happen various ways. But an example of this is, let's say you're coming off of like a three by five heavy program like Raj was mentioning. And let's say you want to work into volume over a period of time and you don't want to just jump into six sets of 10 or whatever you're doing. So the first week you might start with three sets of eight to 10 on a certain movement. And then the next week you'll jump up to four sets. And then the next week it's five sets. And then the next week you might do six sets. And so you've increased by one set every week for that first four weeks. And then you do a little bit of a deload and you drop off in the next week and you go back down to like two or three sets and then you build it back up over time again and that's one way to acclimate yourself to the volume there's many different ways to do it but uh, as far as strategies go volume is going to be the main determinant of how much you grow in terms of muscle gains it's training for strength especially in the really low rep ranges with a lot of rest in between sets it's mostly a nervous system thing so Learning to lift heavy weights is very much a a skill, and building strength is very much a skill. Even though there's a lot of tension on the muscle, it's not a lot of time under tension on the muscle. And typically, the more volume you have, the more time under tension you get, the more contractions you get. Overall, it tends to be better for muscle growth. So those are some ideas. There are many different ways to train. We've both covered many times over. We have full-body types of programs. There are upper-lower splits, which... I think is generally a a really good starting point for most intermediate trainees, even advanced trainees. And then we have your body part splits that people will do over five days per week, which are still very beneficial. It all kind of depends on where you're at with your training and, how much experience you have. And muscle growth is a slow process. And we tend to see people on Instagram. We tend to see people at the gym who are just really jacked. A lot of times in our heads are like, I can be that size one day. And we tend to get really discouraged. You know, you might train for two or three years and not have the body you want because building muscle is a, a really high energy cost. And I think a lot of people don't pay attention to this much. Your body is doing a lot of work every single day just to keep it functioning. It's repairing your cells. It's regenerating your cells. You have bacteria on the inside of your stomach and your intestines that's eating away at your food, and those are dying, and you're passing those, and they're helping you get energy. And there's a whole bunch of moving parts that goes into how your body is functioning. And so the aspect of adding muscle and creating new tissue is a huge process and it's very costly. So I think one thing we should remember is that the biggest, strongest people have put in years of work. Always remember that there's a huge time cost and be willing to put in that time and effort because you're going to look way better after a year of training if you've never trained before, but you're probably not going to look like the bodybuilder that's been training for 15 years. Does it mean that you can't look like that person? No, not necessarily, but you're going to have to put in a lot more time. What would you say in terms of you know your own physique? Because I know you started training later like he didn't go through athletics and stuff like I did. So what would you say was a time
0: period that you actually started to see the most changes? Before? Oh, yeah. It, the smallness I realized, it, I had the benefit of starting when I trained, when I started really training and getting serious about it. I was doing it the right way because I was interning at, at Cressy Performance. So I was training how they trained. I was eating a lot. I was young. So I was able to take advantage of all of the, the right situations. I was about 23. At that point so it was I was able to really do things the right way to start with versus how some people do it where they, they don't and they kind of spin their wheels for years and they they end up coming back to coming to this older in life and they may not be the best circumstance in order to really build as much muscle as quickly as possible but the I'd say my physique is still improving which is not at the same rate because now that I'm older and I don't train as much that that's those are the main things but when you are doing things the correct way and like i'd say the like especially younger people that may be listening to this i if if you're not overweight i would just strongly recommend starting off building muscle because it's easier to build when you're younger your hormone profile is more conducive to muscle building you might have more time to train you can always lose fat later. That's a, that's a easy, easier much easier process and much more forgiving, I would say, than, than building muscle. So that that's first and foremost, that's a recommendation for anyone that can take advantage of it. But again, like you said, it just takes a while. Like I, I haven't, I'm not anywhere near my potential, I would say, but in terms of the effort I'm willing to put in and the time I'm willing to devote to it, in that respect, I am because i'm I'm just focused on different things and that's fine. but if you are looking to build muscle, just realize it's it's kind of like a house like it takes time to build a house from the ground up and expecting to do it quickly, the house probably will be shitty. so you want to take your time and do it right otherwise you're gonna have to go back and go, oh well, I put too much of this here and this room's weird looking and what? There's no, there's no, I didn't even put electricity and electrical wiring in this room. Now I got to break down the wall and you don't want to have to backtrack a lot. So I recommend doing it slowly, um, keeping track of different metrics, which we'll go into in a bit, but realizing that it will take time.
1: Yeah. And talking about building the house and doing it slowly and doing it properly. The best way to think about that when you're training is when you're beginning, really make sure you nail the fundamentals. So learn how to do a squat properly. If you have mobility issues, fix those mobility issues and learn how to do the movements in the way that they're supposed to be done. Because the more emphasis you put on doing things properly in the beginning, the better off you're going to be in the long term. It's just like, if you want to build a house that's sturdy, you're going to put a lot of time in making sure that the foundation is perfect. And then you can build on that foundation. So many times I've seen people who are working up to 300 pound back squat I am like wow this person's pretty strong and they've really gotten you know they really put in the time and effort and then they send me a video of their working sets and they're doing quarter squats right they haven't actually built up the strength and the ability to do those squats and it's because they didn't set the foundation in a proper manner they were forcing out reps when they shouldn't have been and they were adding weight when they shouldn't have been and they should have been focusing more on on their effort and their their form and making sure that they were doing the movement correctly and a lot of times we get in a hurry. We want this to happen so fast that we think, oh, if I just get as strong as possible in as short amount of time as possible, I'm going to build the most muscle. And unfortunately, that's not the truth because we have people who are very strong, people that are doing Olympic lifting, people that are doing powerlifting, and depending on their weight class, they may actually not look very muscular compared to someone the same height that does more bodybuilding training. Now, that person may be way less strong than the power lifter, or the Olympic lifter, but the musculature is way different. So it's proof right there in the real world that lots of strength doesn't always equal lots of muscle. So I always think it's important to get back to focus on the fundamentals. And just like learning anything, if you don't have the fundamentals in place, you're always going to have to be coming back to the fundamentals, trying to figure things out when you get to the harder stuff. But if you nail the fundamentals and you make sure that you understand them and and you employ them on a daily basis then you will grow and you'll progress much faster, even if it feels slower in the beginning. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how to progress.
0: <sighs> yeah, muscle muscle gain is one of those things where it's harder to track progress. I'd say, I wouldn't say it's harder, it's just more, chal- more chal- challenging in a different way than fat loss because it is a slower process, so you're going to need to be patient with it. Like the scale, while reliable, I don't think is the best method because it will show you if you're doing it too quickly, that's for sure. But the sweet spot, I'd say, depending on your training age, again, the longer you've been training, the slower the results will be. The the newer you are to this type of training, the faster they might happen. But I'd say anywhere between if you've been training just a bit, maybe one pound a month or so, but if you if you're new to this type of training, I'd say two to three pounds a month is the higher end of what I'd recommend in terms of consistently seeing that results. And realize that it will slow down as it should, because as you gain more muscle, it becomes harder to to continue to gain more muscle. But as far as the scale goes, that's what I would recommend to start with. But another thing is pictures, and that's more fun. That's more of a fun metric you can take. Um, just make sure the conditions are the same. Lighting is important. So whatever lighting you use initially, make sure you keep using that same lighting because some lighting can make you just look like garbage. and other lighting, you're like, I gained 800 pounds of muscle five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> like that overhead lighting is, is crazy. So make sure if you're taking pictures as a, as a metric, just keep the conditions the same as often as possible. Same with the scale. Do it at the same time every day if you're doing the scale. And same with pictures, just same lighting, same conditions. Um, ideally in the morning, you don't want to, cause you know, if you, if you do it right after a meal, you're not going to look like you put on muscle, you might just look bloated. Yeah. So, and then another thing that, that helps as well is just measurements. And that I think is the most helpful aside from pictures is the most helpful metric because muscle growth, you are growing, you're literally growing. So if your measurements aren't changing, it's a sign that something isn't, it's not happening in, in a way that is showing up in your body. So you want to make sure that the trend is upward, even if it takes a while. So things like biceps, um, so arms. I, I would do it flexed or unflexed. Again, whichever you do, make sure you keep it consistent. You don't want to just change your method of measurement midway through because it makes you feel better. You want to mark your progress so that you can continue to track it over time. So arms, legs, glutes, hips, waist measurements, like two inches above the belly button, right at the belly button and then two inches below, that that can help track your waist girth measurements. And that's something that you want to keep track of because if you don't, that's it's one spot it starts typically starts to get out of hand more quickly. So definitely keep an eye on those measurements. But the more things you can measure, the more data you have which is always a good thing to a degree.
1: Something I think is important to throw in here, and and a lot of people worry about this, but uh, everyone always worries about getting fat when they are building muscle. And it's going to happen if you are really pushing yourself to eat more and allow yourself to recover. There is no favorable plan that's going to allow you to gain nothing but muscle and zero amount of fat. Depending on your hormonal profile is not going to shuttle all your food towards muscle. We evolved over many, many, many years because we were able to store fat so easily. That's how we survived. And so the body, it wants to just store food as fat because it's it's a way of keeping you alive. So remember that as you're getting bigger, you are going to gain some body fat. One way to at least put you at ease and to also make sure that you aren't gaining too much body fat because you don't want to just throw on tons of body fat for the sake of a few pounds of muscle because you're gonna to have to lose that body fat eventually. And the longer you have to diet, the the harder it can be, not only mentally, but on a physical level. So I recommend just picking up like some basic fat loss calipers. And what, what you do is keep track every week or so of skin fold measurements. So like on your chest, lower abs, thighs, you can keep track of a few different areas. And it's usually in in millimeters. So you take a pinch of your skin folds, you track it, see how many millimeters it is, and just mark it down. And over time, you can track and see, are you gaining a lot of body fat? Are you going up a few percentage points? In general, you don't want to put on a ton of fat. Again, this is all going to be personal to you. Some people are okay with letting their abs completely disappear. Some people are not okay with that. And you have to determine what is important for you. If you notice that you're gaining a lot of body fat relatively quickly then you probably want to scale back the food a little bit or look at something you can improve. Maybe your recovery ability, maybe you're not recovering well, or maybe you're not sleeping enough. Even just getting another hour or two of sleep per night can give you a huge favorable increase on how your body stores fat and builds muscle. I know it sounds really simple, but just sleeping more can be a huge benefit in terms of how well you build muscle.
0: Do you expect it to take some time? Don't rush it up. Otherwise, you'll have to backtrack, and you, it's, it becomes a less enjoyable process. Muscle building is supposed to be fun. You'll look better for having done it. Don't try to rush the process. Just stick with what works. Realize it's going to take time. Enjoy it as much as possible, and reap the rewards.
1: Yeah, just don't give up. You know, Don't be one of those people that looks back in 10 years saying, I've been in the gym for 10 years, but you really only – been in the gym for a couple months every year for that 10 year period look back and say i've been consistent over this entire time and my body reflects that consistency thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed the show if you loved it please leave us a rating and a review on itunes and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a future episode